It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 61. Cubs Blue Jay Meatloaf. And in this segment, Crowley talks to uh, 670 The Score's Gabe Ramirez about the recent controversies surrounding the White Sox. Joining me on the Fly the W podcast, he is live at the Score Studios. Our good friend Gabe Ramirez, you know him. Uh, he's uh, Bear season is starting up. You'll see him on Fox 32 talking bears. He's always talking sports on 670 The Score. Avid fan of the Southsiders, Gabe Ramirez. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. You know, like you said, I, I think they, I think I have a cot. Uh, I can't tell you exactly where, but you know where I sleep when I come. Cause I'm always here at the station. So, you know, just do it. Just have to pop out to the podcast. You know, Dust, Dustin knows about it. He, he sleeps in there often too. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually, I was listening to you on the morning show the other day. You guys are sounding good with uh, you, you and uh, uh, Hall, uh, Hall or not Hall. Molly. Yeah. Molly. Yeah. yeah. You and Molly. Yeah. It was great stuff. Yeah. We got a chance to do uh, three days together. So that was pretty cool. And I uh, just get a rhythm. And, and, and it was funny. Cause like Tuesday, him and I, we just had this like therapy session about the White Sox, you know, because he's a Sox fan, as am I. And so we had some uh, people hitting the text line like from 7 to 940. All you talked about was the White Sox. <laughs> and I was just like, we needed it, man. We needed this therapy session. Don't, don't be mad at us. No, I, I understand that because the last time we talked, uh, you know, the Cubs were facing the White Sox. It was right before the trade deadline, and and this was an important series because at the time, um, Jed and Carter are talking that they didn't know if they were buyers and sellers, and and the Cubs took both games, and uh, one of them they were down seven to two and came back, and it seems like that game really changed the fortune of both teams because the Cubs would become buyers at the trade deadline, and then right after that game, I want to say they traded Lucas Giolito. Ronaldo Lopez, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Jake Berger, Kendall Graveman. Um, you know, from, from Rick Hahn, he's saying this is a retool rather than a rebuild. So different than when the Cubs basically traded everybody. You guys still got some, you know, Jan Mokata, Juan Makata, Luis Roberts, sure. and uh, Eloy and stuff. But, but as a Sox fan, you know, seeing the moves, seeing what you still have, you still have a core in place. What are your hopes for the future and how, how quick do you think this thing gets turned around? Yeah, that's a great question, Carl. It's just, you know, I think it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, if you've ever been in a bad relationship and somebody says they're going to change and then they change something and you, you just you still have your guard up, right? Because you're just not certain that it's going to be that way forever. And so they still have some moves to make, right? And so for someone to really be emotionally reinvested in the team, you have to see what the next step looks like for the Chicago White Sox. And so if you call it a retool, sure, hey, I, I hear you whatever, but what are you going to do in the off season to really make it, to really retool that roster and what kind of moves are you going to make to definitively put in place 
well, you know, what direction this team is trying to go in. You moved a bunch of arms, but, you know, you still have the same players. And that, that's going to be the difficult thing for the White Sox to see if, if, if the same way you hoped for them to play at a high level, you are now hoping that they all mature and then play at a high level after doing so. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Now, you know, um, after another player that was traded was reliever Kenyon Middleton, and he kind of shocked the baseball world. He was talking with Jesse Rogers, and he had some pretty harsh comments about the culture of the White Sox. He said there's no accountability, players asleep in the bullpen, people would miss meetings, fights in the locker room. And then Lance Lynn said, hey, I was around longer, and what he said wasn't wrong. Now, Rick Hahn and, and Pedro Grafal are denying this. As someone who's covered the South side, what have you heard or observed or, or who do you tend to believe in this situation? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll even just answer it from a fan's perspective. Carly, it's like seeing what's been going on with the team for the last couple of years, you, you, you can't, you have to think that there's something going on, right? And you can't really put your finger on it. No one's ever really came out and said exactly what it was. So when you see the thing starting to fall apart, right, if they were to do a 30 for 30 on the, the last three seasons of the Chicago White Sox, like these are the things that would be released. So it, it doesn't surprise me, you know, that there's no accountability there. It doesn't like, especially when you're, you're pinning it to the success of the team, right? If the team was doing well and you told me there was no accountability, like, oh, I, don't, I don't believe that, but the team sucks. So when you're trying to figure out like, why do they suck? Well, they lack discipline. Okay, that makes sense to me, right? Uh, there's the, the the coach is taking the wrong approach in dealing with the team. He's doing pat on the back instead of kicking the butt, right? And I think so. So though, again, those to me sound like answers as to why the team sucks in the present. So I, yeah, I, I believe that stuff. Fighting in the clubhouse, I'm not sure about that one, but I think you know everything else like that. There's you know dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, there's dysfunction, and that's why the fans have been calling for new players. Well, you know, speaking of Grafal, you know, I asked you about him last time we were on here. And I'm, you know, like all Cub fans right now, I, I we are scoreboard watching. And so I'm watching the Sox-Brewers game last night. And Jesse Schultons is pitching real well. Six innings, shutout ball, he's shutting down the Brewers. I'm I'm slightly starting to get hope. Looks, But then all of a sudden, like at the end of six, it looks like he's running out of gas. He comes out in the seventh, gives up a walk, a single. He gets an out, gives up a double, and the game is tied. And the Brewers would score one more. The Sox would lose three to two. I'm wondering why he, he let him back out in the seventh, but with two thirds of the season done, what would, what would you, how would you grade Pedro Grafal so far? And do, do you think he comes back for a second season? I mean, uh, first off, you know, he's most certainly going to come back for a second season. I think, you know, anybody in any position, right. Um, when given your first opportunity to succeed, you would want there to be some sort of grace and especially with a bad team. It's not like they're you know really in the chase and, you know, then they would understand different kinds of pressure. Um, but but that still doesn't take away from, you know, how we're able to grade and assess his performance in the first year. And I think when you're looking at Pedro Grafal, it'd be hard to give him anything other than a D, right? I think, And so I think both things can be true. You had a very bad year, but I also think that, you, you know, not you in particular, but people as a whole should be given an opportunity to right their wrongs, specifically in a managerial position, right? Like if I went out, like, all right, little humble brag, right? Like, so I did Hulu, uh, Lollapalooza covers over the weekend that just was here, right? So I'm on TV, first time on Hulu. They've been doing this for eight years. I'm the new host. My first interview, horrible, right? It was like a minute and 30 seconds. It was supposed to be like three and a half, four minutes. The guys were talking about like 
demonic possession and, and you know, <laughs> all this other thing and using love to in seances and stuff. It threw me off. Right. But ha- thank God they didn't say like, no, you're done, dude. Like you can't do this anymore. Right. End up finishing off the weekend, you know, getting an opportunity to finish strong so much so that they asked me back to go do Austin city limits in October. Right. So again, I, I, it's not just Pedro Griffiths, anyone, right. I would want anyone to get that grace to be able to, to, to fix whatever it is that they did wrong, learn from those mistakes and then get the opportunity to see how they respond. And then you can fire them after that. They still suck. If they suck after that, you can do that. So I hope that's not the case for Pedro. I hope he really does, you know, settle back, settle in and figure out what his coaching style is and what best suits him. And then try to implement that instead of, trying to find out what a team is like and trying to adjust the team. I think that's the mistake that he made uh, this season. And, and, and again, everybody knows the history of Reinsdorf and not firing anybody, but do you think either a Rick Hahn comes back or do you think he may choose to step away from this situation? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, again, I'll answer this from a fan's perspective. That's the beauty of my role. <laughs> and is that I really, I, I would want Kenny and Rick to both just step away. Right. I, I would like there to be just, you know, one of my one of my bosses, one of my favorite quotes that my boss said when talking about change in the media industry is that sometimes you just need a fresh coat of paint. But the same thing can't just be for talent. It should also be for upper management. And sometimes in an organization, you just need a fresh coat of paint. And I think that's what the would benefit. Uh, that's what the White Sox could benefit from. Just bring new eyes, fresh faces. Look, look how much energy is is visible in the Chicago Bears organization and in the fan base from what Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Kevin Warren has done. Just a brand new regime, fresh coat of paint, whatever it looks like, right? Same thing could be true for the Chicago White Sox. And I just think, uh, for me, again, I, I would hope that Han's not there. I would hope Kenny Williams is not there. But like you, like you pointed out in the beginning, Carly, Ryan's are just not known to be that kind of dude. Now, one guy that's had probably just a bizarre season as I can remember in baseball Tim Anderson, uh, he he takes one in the job by Jose Ramirez. He's a, I mean, I, I there there's part of me that that you know, just feels bad for the human being, and I know some of it's his own fault. But I'm taking a look at this thing, and after that whole fight happened, he had like this weird, I don't know, stream of conscious tweet stream that I don't even know what what was going on. How concerned are you for both Tim Anderson, the player, and Tim Anderson, the human being? It's a great question. I think that if you if you are a real Sox fan, then you really are concerned with the overall well-being of Tim Anderson from a mental health standpoint, from a baseball standpoint. I mean, he is a good dude. I mean, so like I said, like I, I wear his, his clothing line. Like I was all about Tim Anderson, you know, changing the game, back flipping, like the whole thing. I'm, I was all for it. And then I felt like he had the opportunity to really – use leadership as a tool to continue to grow his 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 story and i feel like he failed in that moment to do that i'm sure if he i don't know how it feels but i I would have wanted him to do something like that right like you know what this is my team i'm the glue guy on this team i might not be ozzy said it best have a chance to talk to ozzy on this week you can be a leader like paul canerico wasn't some loud leader right he was a more quiet guy but he led with his work ethic and he worked led with his back and you know you you can you could be that if you're Tim Anderson. You ain't gotta be a, a super loud guy, but you can bat 333 and make sure everybody's on point and and keeping everybody responsible and and holding them accountable. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so, like, that part of it sucks. And you just, I, I think that ultimately, you know, Tim is going to be better wherever else he goes that's outside of the White Sox organization. It's a bad relationship. I think he has, you know, bad feelings here. And he is a good baseball player. We all know that. So I think, you know, given the opportunity to be somewhere else, I think he'll, he'll be successful and hopefully – you know, the White Sox ultimately get something in return for him because he is a good baseball player. Now, you finish up the series with the Brewers today, and, and Cup fans have been banging their heads on the table because I think, what, the Sox lost the first game in extras, I think in the 10th inning. And then yesterday, they let that one slip away when they were leading all the way up until the 7th inning. Today, you got former Cub Dylan Cease going up against Freddie Peralta. Talk to me about Dylan Cease. What's been going on with him this season, and what are you hoping for today? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that Dylan wasn't able to put together or mirror, you know, his season from last year. That part, you know, is not cool. But I think I think Dylan is hard on himself. And I think that, you know, the, 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 when he finds himself in a rut, he just, like, he gets down. And I think that, you know, there's some instances where he's getting removed from the game quicker than he would like. You know, he's like, hey, we're not in a race. Let me pitch. I'm a pitcher. I, I only come out here every five days. Don't take me out after five. Give me six. We're down two, three, whatever. I don't care. Like, and I think a lot of times he's just a a tricky piece. And we've seen it over the course of his career with the White Sox. There's been years where he has been like this, where there's been some starts where he's perfect and been some starts in the very same season where you're like, this guy isn't ready yet. And so he was able to put it together last year to you know be vying for Cy Young. And I think this year he's probably just trying to figure out how to you know do it consistently. And I think he'll just be one of those guys that can and will. And hopefully he just, you know, Probably as a fan, man, we we need some of these guys to start loving the White Sox, you know, like loving where they're at. And I think that a lot of these guys don't. And so it's like, how do, how do we do that as Sox fans, as an organization, as a city? How do we embrace these guys to make them feel loved and want to be here? Because that's that's how the White Sox are going to get out of this mess that they're in right now. Now, you, we got two pitchers coming that the Cubs have not seen this season. I want to say they've announced Tuki Toussaint. He was a waiver pickup that the... Uh, White Sox are made in June. I'm not too familiar with Tuki Tassan. What what can you tell Cub fans to expect when Tuki Tassan starts on Tuesday? Yeah, he has, he, he is a live pitcher. I mean, if you are, I mean, last outing he have, uh, he pitched five innings, had nine strikeouts in five innings, but he also had like five or six walks. So when I say live, I mean his stuff is live. So if you're patient <laughs> at the plate, the way that the Cubs have been, and you know. If, if, if he comes out throwing first pitch strike, it's going to be a long day or a short day for the Chicago Cubs because, you know, he's going to be able to get after it and use a lot of his stuff, his sinker, slider, his curveball is 12-6 to a T. And so, you know, he has good stuff. Again, it's about finding the command. Now, if he struggles and he gets less people get on base, clearly, clearly the Cubs have shown, whether it be the series in Cincinnati or, you know, what they've done, you know, the last couple of games against Toronto, you know, they could put runs on the board, runs on the board in a hurry, with the long ball. So if Tuki gets in trouble and walks some people, you know, the Cubs can definitely put some, some runs on the board. But again, it's the reason why he was on the waivers. And it's the reason why the White Sox are giving him an opportunity because you just don't know what you're going to get. You, you could get 10 strikeouts and, and, and no earned runs, or you can get 
six walks and, and, and put a six spot on the board. So I uh, just got to be gotta, must see TV to be Tucson. That's what I'll say. All right. And then the other guy, Mike Clevenger, I mean, that just that was just a bad start from the beginning. Uh, accusation, some accusations about spousal abuse and all, all, all that. And, and, and now he's coming off the I.L. Um, what have you seen from Clevenger recently? Yeah, I had a great start after his um, stint on the I.L. And to be quite honest, Crowley, he is without question the most consistent pitcher the White Sox have had all season long, right? In terms of deviation from the norm, it does not exist with, with Mike Clevenger. He's, you know what you're going to get. Six innings-ish, you're going to get zero to three runs. And, you know, Obviously, you can have an outlier in there, but for the most part, he's been the most consistent when you're looking at what has been the, the seasons of Kopech, Giolito, Cease, Lance Lynn. Um, so, you're going to get a solid guy. He's going to attack you. He's going to, you know, he's, he's a veteran. So he's going to, he's going to try to get your first pitch strike. He's going to try to get you to get the ball on the ground and, 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 and really challenge you. He's not going to be afraid to throw, you know, his best stuff when, when he finds himself in a pinch. So uh, again, a, 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 a tough guy. Uh, we'll say that um, got to in this sport and, and he's going to be one that you guys got to be careful about as well, but it's getting into the bullpen with him. They can throw a lot of pitches, get him out of the game early get that bullpen out there and then the Cubs will be fine. And that's what I'm asking because there were a lot of arms we talked about traded at the deadline. So it, how is that bullpen? Is, is there a lot of new guys in there and how has it been performing since the trade deadline? Yeah. I mean, just a bunch of new guys. Shaw, I mean, you still got the, some, some of the usual suspects back there, but um, they really are trying to put this team together and give guys opportunities, innings to, to get some experience. But, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, lost the last couple of games to the Brewers. Then late in the innings, the Sox have been putting up runs early, but just haven't been able to put any in the, the latter third of the game. And so that's been uh, affecting them when their bullpen gets out there. So, yeah, hasn't been performing particularly well, as you would expect, after getting rid of a couple of uh, main guys back there, Graveman, um, Keenan, Middleton, as mentioned before. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's something you're trying to deal with, especially, you know, Liam Hendricks as well, obviously, with the – Tommy John. So it's, it's, it's been a struggle for the White Sox in the back end of their bullpen. Now, the reason, Gabe, you are in the score studios, and this is something that's really fun, especially <laughs> for Cubs fans, is you get to do pre and post games. You've been doing it all weekend, right? Yeah. And, oh. and, 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 and tell our listeners how much talk, you know, to do that pre and post game. What's it like and, and how fun has it been with this team? Yeah, first I'll say, you know, I, I uh, you know, everybody in my family is a Cubs fan. So, you know, uh, it's me and my sister. We're the Sox fans. Everyone else are Cubs fans. So, you know, I, I always have an appreciation. I'm not a Cubs hater. I don't go around like at bars and wishing bad on Cubs people out there. And like I tell people all the time, like when Chris Bryant won the MVP, like the next year I was at the ballpark, you know, every day game just because you have an MVP in your town. Like who do why, if you like baseball, why aren't you? Why wouldn't you want to watch? the most valuable player. So, you know, it's not like I hate the Cubs. And I think last year, you know, really having to follow them closely, you know, uh, while working at the score and then this year as well. I mean, last year, I really liked the Cubs, Crowley. I got to be honest, man. Like at the end of the season, like David Ross had them pitching well. I mean, I know Smiley's not doing great, you know, this year. But last year, you know, at the back end of the year, he was pitching well with Steele. And it, it was exciting to see some of those guys play like Morrell and Velasquez. And, and that was cool. So this year, you know, when they added a Swanson, when they added Cody Bellinger, you know, when Morrell finally made his way up, it seems as though they kind of figured it out. You've seen Rossi go with the same lineup the last two games uh, with Talkman at the top, you know, and, and just filling it in with Horner, Hap, 
Bell Lee Swanson and, you know, with Condelario. I mean, it's, it's, a, it, it's, the organization has done a good job of putting, trying the hardest to put together a really good major league baseball lineup, right? That can give you a little bit of everything. And Ross is doing a really good job of, I think I know a lot of people give him crap about the lineups, but I think ultimately he's trying to figure it out so that he can get to this place, right? This place where he's at right now, which is here is my lineup. I tried it all. I was trying to figure out where people suit, were suited best. And here we are at right now. So again, getting to see all that, watching that play out, it's a lot of fun. And then ultimately, you know, prepping for pre and post, I mean, it's, it's not easy, right? You, you want to be able to, you know, I'm a fun guy. Probably I like to have fun. I'm a jokester. I like to do a little bit of everything. But you got to pay respect to the Cubs and what it is they're doing in that fan base. So when you're going on pregame, you better not be effing around, you know? Like, there's no trying to be silly game. It's like, I'm going to give this the respect that it deserves. I'm going to treat the Cubs fans with respect. I'm going to, you know, tell them about their team, give them the best information, you know, give them all the tidbits that they want to get. So whether it's picking, like yesterday I had to pick to perform. I picked Christopher Morrell, despite the fact that he was one for his last 16. I just felt like he's seen the success the Cubs has had, and he's the type of guy that would want to contribute. And what did he go do? Got him, got him some business yesterday, right? And so like, it's things like that. You really do your research, try to figure everything out, and so that that way you can respect what it is that you're doing and respect the fans as well, despite the fact that you know you're still checking the box score of the White Sox on the other on the other side. Well, you should be excited because Morell is leading off today. But the one thing I would I, I would say is that you know I wonder if Sox fans are looking at what David Ross. You talked about the second half of the season, and they were out of it, and they had nothing to play for. But you saw David Ross get the most out of what we had. And I think that, uh, you know, I think Sox fans are going to have to take a look at Pedro Grafal and say, what can this guy do to show that th- that this team hasn't given up? And, and, and that was, I think, a, a big thing for Cubs fans at the end of the last season is we said, hey, we didn't look that bad at, at the end. Obviously, the first half was not what we wanted it, but but Ross kept them playing hard every day. And so that's what, you know, I think Sox fans are going to be looking at. And then we'll see what happens this season if Sox are, or this series, because, you know, Sox have a chance to play the uh, spoiler. The Cubs, I don't think care about the win trust cup too much, but I think they'd like to just keep winning series. I hate two game series, but win this series and, and keep trying to make that push for the postseason. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, the Cubs want to stay hot. You got to beat bad teams in order to be in that space. And, Unfortunately, right now, the Sox are a bad team, so uh, they got to jump on them early. And, and you're right. I mean, Sox fans, I think the one thing the Sox fans are envious of is that the team looks like they want to play hard for not only the manager, but they want to play hard for each other. And I think that that's what the Sox fans are envious of, that we wish we had guys on our roster that not only want to play hard for Pedro Gafol, but wanted to play hard for the man that's next to them on the field. And I think that's something that they lack right now. And hopefully they can they can change that uh, next year. Well, Gabe, I appreciate you hopping on. Where can our fans follow you on the socials and and, and tell them about your upcoming gigs, both on the score and Fox 32 Chicago? Yeah, you can follow me, Chicago underscore Gabe. Uh, you hit me up, I'll follow you right back. Have zero problem doing that on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me on IG as well. That's uh, one of my better platforms. Um, Fox 32 is kicking off first week. Bears Unleashed Friday and Saturday nights on Fox and then the post game show uh myself Corey wooten will be out in the streets going to different bars around town uh talking to fans and seeing what we could do on that and then of course you know 670 to score monday through friday 6 p.m catch me whenever there's not a cubs game uh you can hear me giving my trifecta thoughts out there as well 
and pre and post game today. So, you know, the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> Gabe, thanks for giving us a couple minutes and good luck to the White Sox the rest of the season after they play the Cubs. <laughs> I hear that, man. I have a good one, Carly.